Number one, when people ask you for things, you need to let them know what your priorities are and what your main responsibilities are. And if you need to say, hey, I would love to help you. However, I have X, Y, Z on my plate. It will take me maybe two weeks to clear up. Then I can handle your request. Or like, hey, if I restructure this, then I can take this off. And then, you know, you work with your team around that. So I'm very transparent about how I feel at any given time. I've learned to be that way because I'm just tired of hiding myself and hiding my feelings. If I have to be someplace 40, 45 hours a week, you're going to get all of it. <laughs> like you're going to get my true authentic self because I'm, I'm done hiding, I'm done foot switching, I'm done trying to appease anybody. Welcome to Mujeres on the Rise where we help Latinas rise in their careers and in their lives through resources, community, and coaching. I'm your host, Mel Botellas, and I'm here to help you redefine your worth. I am an entrepreneur, career coach, speaker, and marketer that went from being a high school dropout to landing job offers at some of the most sought-after companies, including Amazon, Facebook, and Google. Now I help Latinas just like you build the career and lifestyle of their dreams. Are you ready to ponerte las pilas, overcome your limiting beliefs, and rise? Let's do this, mujeres. Hola, mujeres. Welcome to another episode of the Mujeres on the Rise podcast. Today, I am here with a fellow Googler, Camille Vogel. Camille is a product support manager at Google who leads channel health for the Pixel phone. She helps deliver insights and also helps with proactive customer communication. Camille has two degrees, one as a business major in marketing and another master of science in marketing degree. And outside of work, she also does teaching on the side to students at FIU. Camille, how are you doing today? You know what? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's a nice sunny day out here in Colorado. I'm thriving. My skin's glowing. I, it's glowing. It's glowing. Let me tell you, you look great. Thank you, Melba. So do you. How are you doing today? <laughs> I am doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm still like drinking my cup of coffee. So I'm trying to, you know, get that caffeine to kick in. But once it does, we'll be rocking. We'll be rolling. All good. I had an hour head start on you. So <laughs> I get it. Oh, the time difference. All right. Well, I want to jump in, Camille. But before I do, I want to just like quickly recap. So we've talked offline. You know what season one is all about. Season one is all about purpose. And I really wanted to start the first season of the Mujeres on the Rise podcast with this topic because, as you know, Latinas, Afro-Latinas, just any marginalized community of color, we tend to have all of this pressure to go out there, make our families proud, do something really grand with our life. And I feel like as a result, sometimes we end up pursuing careers and things that don't necessarily, as I like to describe it, make our hearts sing. And I want to unpack that. So starting off, tell me how you personally would describe purpose. I think you can have multiple purposes too, but mostly how I feel or interpret purposes in my own life is just Number one, feeling guided by my intuition. I feel like if I'm in line with what my gut and my heart tells me to do, then I'm on the right path already. If my heart and my gut isn't in it, I don't want to do it. And then also looking at the common themes in what I do. 
and what actually lights me on fire. And for me personally, what lights me on fire is helping others. I have a large skill set, not to toot my own horn, but to toot my own horn because we need to do that. I use my specific skill set to help other people with their projects. I'm not necessarily the best person to create a project, but I will help you finish the hell out of yours. And I will bring life into the things that you know you want to bring out in this world. And so I've learned to just respond to opportunities that come to me. And if number one, if I'm helping somebody, that's like the key thing. And then if my gut tells me yes, I will go ahead and do it. That's how I interpret purpose. And it's not a fancy definition, but for me, it's just being in line with a feeling, understanding the common themes and what lights me on fire. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So one thing that you mentioned that I want to touch on a little bit more is your desire to help people. Talk to me a little bit about that. Did you always know that you wanted to help people in some way? And how has that journey of self-discovery been for you? I guess I've just always innately been a helper. Even, you know, my family, when I was a little kid, I'm the one grandchild that never wanted anything. I just wanted to be by your side and I wanted to help. Like I'm the oldest on one side of my family, second oldest on the other. And I've just always like, I help my cousins, I help my siblings. And that's just always been me. And I used to resent it for a while because I think, especially as like the elder daughter and after that, the next family, it's difficult. It can be stressful when it's not acknowledged, but on my own terms, I love helping people. And then when I went into school, I would always like, people would just come to me. They would know that I'd be the person that can think larger or see outside the one little pebble of a problem that is currently there and turn it into gold. (laughs) And so when I went into college and I, you know, had my first couple jobs, I worked in telecommunication sales, aka I worked at T-Mobile for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I had a sales quota, but I didn't like the actual selling component. I liked the helping people part. And so I knew going forward that I'm not here to sell anybody crap. And I'm here to just like actually relieve you of your issues. And so I think I've just always been a helper. It's just more or less understanding how to do it on my own terms, how to be productive helper, how not to throw myself in too deep and have boundaries and actually enforce them. (laughs) And as I kept growing, like, you know, as a marketer, because that's my background, I never liked acquisition-based marketing. I always liked customer experience. I don't care how we get the customer. You figure that out. But when we get them, I'm going to keep them. So that's how I pretty much got where I am. Like, if, if it involves like seeing a project through that's going to help person or situation, I want to touch it. That sounds weird, but yes. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I, I loved everything that you just said. And as a marketer, I'm like smiling inside because you're exactly right. Like when it comes to marketing and we're going to deviate a little bit here, but when it comes to marketing, keeping a customer is far more valuable than acquiring a customer. Acquiring a customer is always going to take more work going to be more expensive for the business. And at the end of the day, like putting on just like, I guess, our consumer hats, let's say it that way. People don't buy products. They buy solutions, right? And I always tell this to people, but like marketing, it's not even just a career path. Really, marketing shows up in our everyday lives and how you interact with others and the way you present yourself. That's marketing as well. And so you touched on something that I thought was really powerful, and that is the fact that 
you know, you love to help other people, but you've had to set boundaries along the way. And I think part of that is because when you are so inclined to always want to say yes to everything and always want to lend a helping hand, that can push you to neglect your own mental and personal well-being. Has that ever been the case for you? And if so, what has that been like for you? What have you done to really be able to reinforce those boundaries? So I actually suffer from anxiety. I have high-functioning anxiety. But when I finally get to my bubbling point, I have full-on panic attacks, breathing issues. I've had erratic behavior when I'm just at my limit. And so as of recent years, I've had to develop an anxiety tool set. So whether that is incorporating meditation, doing therapy, making sure that I do grounding exercises outside and and getting fresh air and, and walking, you know, around, but that can only do so much if you're not lessening your load. So even right now, actually in my current role, I'm enforcing boundaries. I had an influx of requests from teammates. And um, especially when you work anywhere that's customer facing publicly, people want a lot of stuff. They want a lot of insights. And I, as a sole person, can only do so much. So I need to recognize my limitation. I'm, I'm Camille with one body, two arms, two eyes, one mouth, two ears. I can't do everything all at once. I'm not an optimist. And I need to stop trying to do that. So if I set expectations and also prioritization, so somebody asked me for something, Hey, I can help you with something. I can help you with this project, but you asked me for this other thing a week ago. Do I drop it? Do you, I prioritize it? How do you want, like what's more important to you? So I think that's really important. It's just number one, when people ask you for things, you need to let them know what your priorities are and what your main responsibilities are. And if you need to say, Hey, I would love to help you. However, I have X, Y, Z on my plate. It's going to take me maybe two weeks to clear up then I can handle your request. Or like, hey, if I restructure this, then I can take this off. And then, you know, you work with your team around that. So I'm very transparent about how I feel at any given time. I've learned to be that way because I'm just tired of hiding myself and hiding my feelings. If I have to be someplace 40, 45 hours a week, you're going to get all of me. (laughs) Like you're going to get my true authentic self because I'm done hiding, done foot switching. I'm done trying to appease anybody. And so, and I've had really great reactions from my teams about me doing this for myself. I had a burnout late last year and my director knew, and he gave me all the tools that's possible to try to remedy it. So um, yeah, if you talk to somebody, you're transparent about when you're overburdened, usually they can respond well. You just have to learn how to communicate it. I'm sitting here listening to you, Camille. I'm always just so blown away by you. And this is why I knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast because I featured you on Mujeres on the Rise back when I was doing like the weekly topics, featured you back in 2020. And this was before you got your job at Google. You were still in the tech industry at ADT. And I remember listening to you talk and I was so blown away by your presence and your communication skills because I know it's not always easy to get to that place where you can trust your voice. That's the only way I I know how to describe it because what I've noticed, at least within myself, is that sometimes when I'm having a conversation, let's say with a, a director, who I am can sometimes change my conversation, my tone, 
can sometimes change when I'm talking to somebody that is more senior than I am and has a lot more years of experience. And one thing that I always tell my therapist is I want to be able to always, always show up like who I am with my people in every other place of my life, right? In my career with leads, with senior stakeholders, I want to always be my authentic self. And as much as I feel like I've made progress over the years, sometimes you still revert back to those old habits of thinking, do I actually belong here? Am I actually good enough? And so everything that you're saying right now, I think speaks so much to me, but also to anybody that's listening, because we can be so hard on ourselves. And as a result of that, we can remain silent and just keep ourselves from going out there and being our authentic selves, when in reality, people want that authenticity because that's why they hired you. So I think that's incredibly powerful. Yes, I had that epiphany as well, too. And something I realized two jobs ago, and I tell you, like, this was probably my first technical marketing role, making 30K a year. I was broke, (laughs) y'all. I would have to go to these events with all of, like, South Florida's big CEOs, like New Royal Caribbean, Ultima Software, those types of people. And I realized the CEOs are people that eat, breathe shit just like us. And quite frankly, they need the candor in their life. Like people need the candidness that we have to offer. And then especially, you know, from my perspective, I speak for customers. I don't want to sit there and suck up to anybody and and sugarcoat the truth. I'm here to advocate for the people we're selling products to and bottom line. And so why am I going to sit there and try to pepper in pleasantries when it's not necessary? And you hired me for my candor, for my ability to relate to people. That's what gives me my magic is my ability to relate. That's beautifully said. Couldn't agree more. Going back to the topic of purpose a little bit, would you say now where you are in your life, I know you're almost a year at Google, would you say that you have found your purpose? And I guess what I'm trying to get at is what has your journey been like? What's the difference between Camille five years ago and Camille now? Camille right now is more confident and sure in herself because Camille learned to trust herself and Camille learned that she is in tune with the universe. Whatever you believe, I'm in tune with myself and I'm in tune with things around me and that I will, even if I misstep, I will always wind up on the right path. So I have confidence and security now that I lacked before. And then in in terms of purpose, my route from, again, college sales, like T-Mobile and stuff to now working customer support on a phone line that I used to sell. I've had a really full circle moment and all the job experiences I had or even didn't have led me to this. So really when it comes to like my relationship with purpose, it had to do with trusting myself. And now I would make the right moves. I remember after getting my master's degree, I had the opportunity between two different jobs. One with ADT, which is my prior role to Google, and then another with the Latino market for a huge media company. So they make shows like Euphoria and all that kind of stuff. I had an opportunity, so I had a choice. And part of me really wanted to go to that company because it was just like cool. It had access to all these things, but I had to think about it. Like, am I really helping people here? Am I really doing something that isn't busy? Am I going to make a change? And when I looked at what ADT was offering me at the time, the projects I would work on aligned more with 
not only my skill set, but just directly helping people and making their experiences. And when I made that decision, my friends were like, what the hell? Especially because like somebody recommended me for the other job. Whereas with ADT, they, you know, I applied and somehow, boom, I had the interview. And uh, so I had to trust myself in that moment and know that I would make the right move. And <laughs> I needless to say I did because now I wound up at Google. And not to say that working at Google is my purpose by any means. Google's a vessel where I can work towards my purpose of helping other people. And then when I look at opportunities, like even doing my master's program, the reason I wound up teaching at FIU, so for those that don't know, I teach personal branding and WordPress for marketing students at FIU. I helped my classmates with their websites because I had experience in WordPress already. And so after I graduated, the chairman asked me to come back and teach it to all the students because I was able to break it down and understand it for their needs and not from the you know perspective of an IT person, but from the perspective of a marketer. So a marketer teaching other marketers. And it wound up being this whole course. And I love it. And you know, maybe in the future I'll be a professor because I think that's kind of what will be in line with helping others and teaching others. But for now, I'm really satisfied and content. I love what you said about how Google is this vessel for you to help people. Because Sometimes people do get caught up on the names and the titles. And at the end of the day, like you can have a six-figure role. You can be working at the best company in the world. And if it's not bringing you any sort of joy, if you're not able to help others in any sort of way that adds value and meaning to your own life, you got to wonder what's the point. Like, at what point do you stop and do you like say, okay, I, I don't care. I don't give a about any of this. I have to do something that is right for me. And one thing that you said is that, you know, at first people didn't understand the decision that you made. Talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how did you go about explaining, if you did at all, why it was important for you to follow a job and say yes to a job that was more in alignment with your values versus a job that perhaps would have offered you greater pay and maybe even like more just name recognition. It was definitely more name recognition because the pay was like almost the same, but it was just like two different locations. But explaining the decision was more so like, I had to tell people like, hey, look, the projects that I would be doing in XYZ wouldn't get me the skills or challenge me in the ways that working at ADT did. And even though I would have loved to have the exposure to a media company and, and learn the inner workings of, you know, running a subscription-based app and, and all those things. And that would have been fun. But your job doesn't need to be fun, especially in those beginning stages when you're trying to get the relevant experience and you're trying to get you know grounded and figure out what roles you want to take in the future. That's not to say there shouldn't be any fun, but it doesn't necessarily have to be... It, your job doesn't have to have sex appeal at that point. You just need to think of it as a vessel. Like I said, each job is a vessel to take you where you need to go and provide you the resources that you need at the time. And most people just understood. And literally one year of working at ADT, I never had a meeting with another specialist. I was a specialist. And all my meetings were with directors and above. I helped change the app ecosystem, the customer platform, even things down to like how people interpreted battery instructions, doing that working on chat automation with, you know, different types of flows. 
things I would have never had the chance to work on. I would have been kind of doing more important work. And so I needed that challenge. I needed to grow. I don't like feeling stagnant. If I feel like I can't get anything out of a role, if I'm not learning anything, it's time to peace. Like as much as I love helping people, the job also has to return something back to me too. Okay, Camille, I'm going to need you after today's interview, I'm going to need you to take all of these quotes and please add them to some like affirmation cards. You said something about even if I misstep, I will always wind up on the right path. You talked about this vessel. There's so many golden nuggets of information that you're sharing. And as somebody who has been through similar challenges and, you know, ups and downs, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing all of this because knowing that you're not alone in this journey and having to be, you know, mindful of the fact that people are not always going to agree with you. People are not always going to see the eye to eye, but you have to be true to yourself. That's what I feel is like the most important takeaway that we can all gather from today. I want to ask you a question, and this has actually been on my mind for a while, and I've been meaning to ask, who would you say are the most influential people in your life? And how has that helped you become and be where you are today? I've had a lot of people, and even people that don't know me, but their work has just inspired me. So I would say like my very first inspiration was my web design teacher. Her name was Madeline Rosario. She was also Puerto Rico. And she believed in me when I didn't have a lot of belief in myself. I had a lot of home issues as a teenager and she pretty much became like my school mom and took me under her wing. And she just enabled me. She always looked for opportunities for me to grow. And she also allowed me to help people. And by her helping me, that kind of just gave me that motivation to like do more for my broader community. And then going into, I want to say when I was, just out of undergrad and working my first marketing job, I came across my mentor, Vanessa Santo. She's co-CEO of Real Pro, uh, Migas Latina. And man, she is just so aspirational, like her entire journey. And, and she also has a career journey that kind of goes from everywhere and it may not be a linear path. And it makes no, it doesn't make sense to anybody but her, but it gave her all the relevant skills to be where she is now. And so she's always like, a gold mine of information. So if I'm dropping little nuggets, she has the whole damn mine. <laughs> I highly recommend if, if nobody's following her, definitely follow her or get involved in, and we all grow like um, Mia's great network. And then one of the biggest things or I think wealth of knowledge was my leak teal. She's the owner of Curlbox and she launched a podcast before like podcasts were like even super, super mainstream. And I followed her podcast to T and that's what's gotten me through my, you know, school and my education and now my career. And I don't know, man, like just if you can listen to some of her older podcasts, I highly recommend it because she is the embodiment of like growing, but growing with grace. And then also being very strategic about the moves that you make and doing what's best for you. So I feel like those are like the three biggest pillars. And my leak does not know me by any means, but I've just been in awe of her, her work, and what she does for Black women as a community. That's great to hear. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Talked about influential people in your life. We talked about what you think about purpose and how you got to where you are today. 
If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self just one piece of advice, if you can tell 18-year-old Camille one thing, what would that be? Put more stock in the relationship with yourself versus others. Enough said. That's it right there. I love that. It's a trap when we're young women and we see all everything going on. Especially right now, it's so easy to compare your lives and really personal relationships with others. And But the real relationship you need is the one with yourself. That needs to be intact because when you have a strong relationship with yourself, then you are in touch with, you're in tune with your intuition, your heart, mind, and they can all align easier versus always having a conflict between the three. That's so true. It's, it may not necessarily always make things easy, but having that, just that knowledge and that awareness of who you are and what matters most to you, it makes things simpler in a way. It, facilitates everything else. And if something falls out of place or something doesn't go you, your way, it kind of gives you that sense of in the grand scheme of things, it's going to be okay. Like it's not that big of a deal. I still have the most important person and that person is me. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here, Camille. I can't say how valuable I found it. And I'm sure everybody that's listening also found this extremely valuable. Please tell us where people can find you online. So you can find me literally anywhere, Camille Vogel, C-A-M-I-L-L-E-V-O-G-L. That's my website. (laughs) And that's also my Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much, Camille. Everybody that's listening, all of Camille's information is going to be added to the description. Please follow her. She is amazing. And I highly recommend that you connect with her on LinkedIn as well so that you can follow her professional journey. Again, So many nuggets of wisdom here. And Camille's just an all-around great human being. So you won't be disappointed. Go follow along. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mujeres on the Rise podcast. And we will see you next week. Bye, Mujeres. Guess what, Mujeres? You just finished today's episode of Mujeres on the Rise, which means you are one step closer to the career and lifestyle of your dreams. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, Visit MujeresOnTheRise.com slash ReadyToRise for additional resources, discounts, and community updates. Until next time, enjoy the journey, be kind to yourself, and remember, it doesn't matter where you start. All that matters is that you do.